So we have a special promotion going on here in February. This is our diesel tablet. This was just launched last year. This is our mid-range diagnostic tool. It will do thousands of the most common diagnostic commands. So if you're working on your EGR system, you're trying to change engine parameters, you're trying to work on your SDR system, this will do the resets, the calibrations, the installs, all the things. You can one tap to repair information to get instant repair information for all your fault codes. It's a great, great tool to put inside your shop and it's priced very, very aggressively for the price point. And in February, we have a special promotion going on. So if you buy this tool in February and there's a limited amount, you will get five free online training courses. So these online training courses are not about the tool. These courses are about how to do electrical, how to troubleshoot after treatment systems, how to do all this advanced stuff that you need to know for today's commercial truck. So it's a $500 value, comes absolutely free with the product for the month of February. Check it out, 30 day money back guarantee. We know you're gonna love it. We sold a ton of these things already. Well, again, thank you everyone for coming back on for another episode of DL. And before we kick it off and everything, I always kind of like to explain what this is. So what I'm an entrepreneur and I'm an industry guy, right? So anytime I run up on another person that's an industry person and has an entrepreneurship and that passion to go fix things and solve problems, uh, I love to I love to have those conversations. So I met Alex. Uh, we talked a couple months ago, did a Zoom thing. I'm like, man, you got to come on the podcast. You got to talk about what you're doing. And I think what it really cuts down to is I, I keep saying this. I, I mentioned in the, in the podcast you're about to listen to is we have this huge shortage of diesel techs and it's creating all these ripple effects and really costing billions of dollars of wasted time uh, and parts and all, all the things that happen. And I keep telling people it, it's going to take two things here. Number one's technology. Uh, Alex has a he's, he sees the exact same problem we do. He's just taking a, a different angle at it, and I, I think we fit in really good with what we're doing with him and what he's trying to accomplish. And the other one I keep saying is is we got to do something different to keep attracting talent to diesel tech industry. And not only that, but the whole blue collar industry in general is really struggling. And we touch on that in the subject. But the heart of this is is we're both trying to solve problems. A lot of opportunity. So if you get anything out of this, when there's a problem, there's not just one solution. There's often multiple solutions and you can build businesses around it very, very quickly if you really, truly do solve people's problems. So enjoy the episode and I hope you like it. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, and this is the podcast show. We talk about everything going on in the diesel repair, maintenance, technology space, and this is what I love. We are, we're going to talk about a, a new thing here you may not have heard of before. I think it's a great story, a great product, and I'm going to invite Alex on here with Heave. So thank you for agreeing to come on and spend a little bit of time with me here this morning. Uh, this is uh, this is a pleasure. Thanks for having us on and you know talking shop about uh, repairing heavy equipment. Well, I'm already I'm already jealous. Before we started here, I was like complaining how cold it is up here in South Carolina. Like it's in the 30s. You're like you're down in Florida. Oh, it's 76. It's sunny out. I'm like I'm I gotta I gotta I gotta go. I'm like in depression here. I think this this year up here. I don't I don't know what it is. But uh, what why don't we tell the audience like what what is Heave? Heave is Uber but for heavy equipment technicians for off-road mainly that simple. So how, how does it work? Right? Like it's, you know, cause you always hear the Uber afraid, the Uber of 
sure. house rentals, the Uber of everything. Like, how does it, how does it, how does it work? And what, what problem are you trying to solve with this? So what the problem that we're trying to solve is in the world of heavy equipment, you know, you guys have you know, done a, a really great service of broadcasting the main topic, the main issue. There's a shortage of, of technicians and, you know, the OEM dealers in heavy equipment, you know, that they are short technicians dramatically. And it has caused long lead times for customers to get field technicians. And so what we aim to do and what we're doing today on a daily basis is provide access for those customers to get independent technicians out to their machines on a much quicker uh, a faster basis. So the way it works is we have an app that's in the app store. The customer downloads the app, opens it up. Uh, I have a Cat 938. Uh, it has a hydraulic leak. I am, uh, this is my job site address. Press submit. It goes out to all of the technicians that are on the Heave network. You broadcast the name of the customer, the machine, where it's located. And we ask them, can you help? And they reply back, you know, yes, uh, and then when. And all of that information comes back to the customer and says, okay, uh, Robert Gray uh, is, uh, you know, this is his hourly rate. He can be at your job site tomorrow morning. You know, Ashton Cook, uh, here's his hourly rate. He can be at your job site tomorrow afternoon. You know, you can see uh the years of experience uh you know we're a newer company so over time what will be really cool is as uh, we get more ratings on technicians so, so the customer will be able to see oh you know robert has performed 74 jobs on heave and he has an average rating of 4.9 out of five uh, from his customers so that would be really cool but uh, in the beginning stages you know there's not as much information available but that's the gist of it is is connecting these customers to technicians who can help them right now. Yeah, it's really similar to another person I had on my podcast. It was more about parts, right? Like they needed they needed a part, so they've got parts club and people to request in, and then people like, oh, I got that part. Here's my here's my price. So it, it's, right. I, and it, what's interesting here is you're solving really the same problem we're trying to solve, but from a different angle. So from our angle, it's like, hey, you got a thing broken. And a dealer can't get there. We both we're right. both we both acknowledge that. But hey, we got a tool, and we can remotely help you, and we can give you repair and training, make your guys better, and all that. And you're coming at it from like, man, I'm going to put someone there on your site to fix that thing and get it up and going for you for more for more quickly. So you know, I'm an industry guy. Like, where did where did you where did you come from? Like, what's your background? It's always interesting here. How did people land on? You know, how did you get to? Sure. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna create the Uber of, of field technicians for equipment. Right. So I'm an industry guy as well. Uh, I started my first real job out of college was in heavy equipment, uh, but on the sales side. So I was an equipment salesperson, and uh, here in Florida, our first product to the market was an online um, procurement platform for buying and renting equipment. So we grinded with that for two years. Uh, made progress, but it wasn't it wasn't taking off uh, as fast as I thought as we all had hoped for, and it was just a grind. And there were all these signs uh, along the way where it's it's like you know it's working, but we're not getting the adoption that we'd hoped for. And that's to me like the hardest thing as an entrepreneur is 
you know, there's to be successful, you read about all these people where it's like, you know, you have to be committed and there's a certain aspect of stubbornness and you got to push through and like all those words. And um, I think what really uh, opened our eyes was we were we were helping salespeople win business and they were still like, eh, I don't know if I want to use this. <laughs> and we're kind of like sitting back like, oh, boy, we got to figure something else out, because if if our our biggest users aren't that ecstatic about the product. What do we do? And so uh, being in the industry, I mean, I knew from working on a dealer level, the challenges within service and, you know, and it's across the industry. Like you could, you could pull six dealers right now and they're two to three weeks out for field service. And it's not a 2022 and 2023 problem. I mean, I joined the industry in 2004. They were talking about a technician shortage then. And so there's been no change. And so when we were kind of spinning our wheels with uh, selling and renting equipment, I uh, went back out and started talking to customers. You know, what is the biggest pain from your perspective? And it was, hey, if you could help solve the service problem, that's where it's at. Uh, because also, you know, and I've listened to some of your podcasts. I love the right to repair one. You know, customers have felt beholden to dealers for a long time without any other options. And so, like, you have all of these dynamics that that meet and it's like, hey, what if we could offer a solution to that? And the other important part of my experience was from a dealer level, we had technicians who would leave and they would go work on their own. Yep. And so I was aware of that dynamic where there are independent guys who are former dealer trained who have the software now a lot of it thanks to you guys the software um you're, you're enabling these these guys to be their own bosses and so the challenge became can we find enough of these guys and that's what we went out and we were able to to bring them in and solve their problems and that's what makes the marketplace go yeah, so this is what I love about talking to like fellow industry people, right? Like you said this, you said, hey, 2004, there was a shortage. <laughs> like it's not right. getting any better. It's gotten worse. Right. And exactly. I, I, I think we both look at it and we're like, well, that's because we keep trying to do the same thing every single year. Some new person, the new leader of whatever organization, they have the same idea of let's go get high schoolers. Or let's go get whatever. And I'm like, it hasn't worked in two decades. Like <laughs> We need to do something different here. So I, I keep saying right. like it's, it's only solved two ways to me at this point. Um, and like any problem, you got to have multiple solutions to, to a complex problem. And, and number one, it's not, it's not the 40 or 50 year old guy going to hang out for two hours at the high school trade show fair. It's, it's getting engaged with them at a, at a young age, the right age. And it is, Hey, let's, let's do it through TikTok, social media, YouTube short, like all, all the places and get people understanding more like what this is and what it's really like. And, and, and that, that type of engagement has to happen. Um, and then it's the other side of it is exactly what I'm doing, exactly what you're doing. It's technology. So if we can find technology solutions to make them make things more efficient in the repair process. And again, we're doing it through diagnostic tools. You're doing it through. I'm going to I'm going to help get that vehicle, that piece of equipment back in there quicker because I'm going to I'm going to take all this wasted time. If you con around to 30 places to figure out who the heck can actually come do this thing, <laughs> fill it at one time, hit a button, alert all the providers and and they're going to be there. So the there, there's all there's the again this is why I love industry people that are in this space because you can tell we we understand it more than some company from California that decides they're going to go build an app that doesn't solve exactly. the problem. 
you have to know the nuances. You have to know uh, really uh, where where the the industry is broken. And you know the funny thing too about you know go back to 2004. There's a technician shortage. The reality is is that there's no incentive for the installed players to change anything. There's no incentive for them to go get more technicians. There's no incentive for them to do anything different. And so that's why you know to to me change has to come from uh, companies like yourself or us, and there's plenty of others who are doing other, you know, you mentioned there are some parts guys who are doing it as well. Like that's where change comes from because you have these oligopolies, these protected territories where, um, you know, if, if you are in Florida and you want to buy a Komatsu machine, there's one provider, you know, there's one deal. There's two cat dealers. I think there's two John Deere dealers. So, that's part of the reason why nothing has changed is that there ha- there's no incentive. Like, you know, if there, I, I did a, a Google search the other day, there's a hundred and like nine Ford dealers in Florida, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it, it breeds a certain competitive environment that pushes innovation and pushes this desire. You know, one of the, I was looking at my notes, like, can someone tell me one thing that is designed in the best interest of the customer and heavy equipment? <laughs> Tell me one thing. Yeah, they they try to tell you it's in their best interest, right? It's the best interest that we lock this all down so you can't touch it. That way you're not going to hurt yourself. Like, oh, and I can't, and I can't fix it either. (laughs) Theoretically, you want to buy some, you want to buy a machine. You have to find your way to our salesman who has to come out there and meet you. You can't do it easily any other way. Every nothing is customer centric. It's all like we got these processes for us, not the processes are to make it easy to do business with and transact with us, the customer. And right. and you said it right with like these monolith monolithic. It, it's um, when I when I was still working for somebody else and I was selling these laptops on on eBay. That's where I started. And uh, the the person I reported to the the owner's daughter, she she came to me and. You know, she's like, we got to stop. And I'm like, well, I'm not selling in our market. I'm selling other places. And she says, I know, but it, it's going to harm our fellow dealers. I'm like, what? how's it going to harm? I'm like, well, now customers don't have to come to us. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> if, if your whole business model is predicated on the fact that they have to come to you and they have no other options, you, you, right. you are looking at this totally wrong. You need to be figuring out why they want to come to you and you're trying to make it easy and friendly and safe and all the, all the things. So it's, I was just like, man, this, this is just a different, different mentality. I guess some people have that have been in that space for a long time. And and what I laugh about that, because it's a great um, encapsulation is that there's this disillusionment with the dealer where it's like, Oh, these customers love us. It's like, (laughs) no, they're coming to you because literally there's no other option. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I was I was just trust me, I was a service manager for, for years and it was always like a lot of people are like, Oh, customers love I'm like, uh, they're only here because they have to. <laughs> they don't have another option. I'm like, look in this shop. Do you see anything on the hood besides a, an international symbol or a Freightliner symbol? Like, no. <laughs> like they can go anywhere. Um, you know, when other brands, that's why other brands aren't coming to us. Like, oh no, it's because we don't have the I'm like, oh, it is what it is, right? So uh, but it is amazing, though. You do sometimes find those organizations. And I'm not picking on every dealership group out there. there there's some great ones out there that that work on all brands and, and go above and beyond. But you know what? Those are usually ones that make more money and they have employees that stay a lot longer and they have a huge customer base. They're usually the more successful ones are usually able to accomplish that. Um, and I, I think the other interesting thing, too, is, is like I, I had a little bit of a software background. 
I don't know if you did it all, and and yeah. you you said you worked in heavy equipment, you did sales, and, yeah. and now you're running apps. Like how do, how do you bridge the gap from not knowing anything to having apps on the app store and, and and going through that technology growth? You have to find somebody who knows what they're doing, and I, I that was where um, you know I was fortunate. I had a stroke of luck because we all need luck in you know in yeah. certain areas. Is that yes, you're right. I uh, and I joke about this all the time with people. Is that you know I run a technology company and you know, I'm kind of old school myself, uh, but I had a friend of mine here in Tampa who, uh, yeah, I would share certain stories. He was always asking me about the industry. Like, that's one of the cool things too. Like when you work in this industry, you know, not many people outside of it know what goes on. And so a lot of people are usually asking you things. Like I would have, uh, you know, friends ask me if they could have a birthday party for their five-year-old son at our equipment dealership so the kids could crawl on equipment. And so, yeah, I was sharing with him because the dealer I worked for was sold uh, to a, a larger Volvo dealer. So I was trying to figure out, you know, what the next step was. And so I had a friend of mine who was always, you know, well, what do you think you're going to do? And I'm like, well, you know, uh, there's a huge opportunity here in this industry to digitize really everything. Uh, and we'd started, like I said, started with rental and sales. But uh, he's I was like, I have this idea, but. I don't know. I don't know any uh, tech people. I don't know anyone who could build it, you know, because it's just an idea at that point. And he's like, no, I've got the right guy, a younger guy who's built a lot of software. And he put us in touch. And, you know, he's a co-founder and an unbelievable resource uh, for us. Yeah. How long did it go from like, hey, I got an idea until boom, first version of the apps like on the app store? Uh, so that so our, our service app was really fast, like a month. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, that's the benefit of having, you know, like I said, my co-founder who has uh, other engineers. Like we have three other engineers who work under him. And so we have the manpower like in-house. So we didn't have to go hire outside, which I think helps a lot. So do you guys do you guys do like the whole bootstrapping thing or do you guys go raise some raise some money or what what path did you take to get this thing started? <laughs> You're looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I mean, I, I'm, I'm there too. People always, like we did. We did almost 70 million in revenue last year and people, oh, you know, it's like, how, how much you start with? How'd you raise? I'm like a thousand bucks, thousand dollars. And I've just been playing a, a never ending game of blackjack doubling down forever. Right. Try not Look, to bust out a lot of transfers, <laughs> online transfers. <laughs> well, and I, and then you, you essentially, you know, you're an Airbnb type thing. So you created a marketplace and, and anytime there's a marketplace, you have, you get the supply side and the demand side, right? So the demands, the people that have the equipment right. broken and the supply side would be their, your service providers, the diesel technicians. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you get that started? Right. Cause that's, that, that complexes some people. Cause they're like, well, how am I going to convince people to sign up to be a provider if there's right. nothing on there for them? And how do I get a, you know, the other side of it's the opposite question. So how did you guys exactly. tackle that product problem? Well, it's an ongoing problem and it's ongoing challenge. And this is why marketplaces are so difficult to build. Um, yeah, everything you read is true. Like, it, marketplaces are brutally hard to build, but once you can get it going, they're unbelievable businesses. And so it's always a, a balancing effect, uh, or, you know, how do we have enough? The key part for us is technicians, right? Because it you know, we're dead in the water if we're, we keep calling on customers and they have an urgent need because field service is an urgent need. It is a 
I have a machine down in the field. I, that means I usually have eight guys standing around because we can't use the machine, which means I'm paying eight grand a day for this pipe crew to sit around, not waiting on a dealer to get to me. And so for us, you know, while the app was being built, I just had to go try to find as many technicians as I could in certain metro markets. And, you know, just the every entrepreneur knows the grind. It's just cold outreach. It's just, you know, trying to find people. And the technicians were hard to find, um, but we've got it to a point where we have uh, a good amount of techs to where, you know, we can we can fulfill demand in every met- metro market of Florida today. Uh, but it was... It was a grind. One of the good things too is that we were able to talk to customers. Like, like I'll go back. Uh, we're not really introducing uh, this new concept to the industry. Like these independent technicians have existed, uh, and so we can ask customers, like, "Hey, have you used independent technicians?" Yes. Who? You know, and they would put us in touch with these guys. And um, you know, when we kind of share with them our marketplace, they love the idea because. These guys had to go find the work themselves. You know, the, you talk to any independent technician, hey, how do you get business? Well, they usually start with some of the customers of the, the machines that they used to work on when they worked with the dealer. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it was, I got to drive job sites and put my business card on machines or on trucks. And so they love that we're bringing them demand and they they can choose they can pick and choose who they they want to work on like i said when uh, a customer puts it in on the app they see who the customer is they see where it is yeah uh, the other challenge with these independent guys is that because they have a, a small um customer book really they've been driving really far to go do work because they you know they live job to job and they're like all right well if i'm in tampa and I know this customer who's working in Jacksonville and I don't have another job, you know, on Monday, shit, I'm going to go drive four hours each way to Jacksonville because that's a job. Yeah. And so we're able to say, hey, no, let's let's set a territory for you. How far do you want the radius to be? And now we're just going to feed you everything that's you know within an hour. Of you. And so because it's not necessarily a great thing for that customer in Jacksonville for a technician to drive from Tampa. You know, it's that's not the best experience. And so. You know, we we've been able to get more referrals now from technicians because they they see that this is making their life better. And, uh, you know, these guys are telling their other uh, technician friends. Yeah, I mean, you made a great point earlier, too, when you were talking about technicians leaving the space and just becoming their own business. Right. And I, I saw that clear as day in the commercial truck world as well. And I actually look back now on all the like really, really good technicians that I that I knew they they don't they don't work there anymore. They well, a lot of them came to work for me, but a lot of them, a lot of them went started their own businesses. I just had a gentleman here that I worked with 10 years ago, one of the best technicians I have. And I ran a shop, waited till his kid graduated high school, went out, started his own business, makes more money now than he ever has. Right. And three to four X more. Oh, I mean, I, they've 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 learned like, hey, my toolbox has wheels. I already got to like the our our industry is a horrible job <laughs> retaining them because, like, we give you all the training, we make you buy on your own tools, then we treat you like shit and don't pay you what you probably should get worth, and then you quit on me and you go make your own business, and make three times as much. Like we we totally we totally push them and and give them all the tools to go do that, which isn't a bad thing. If you're a diesel technician or an entrepreneur, it's a horrible thing if you run a business and are in the industry and don't want to lose your technicians. But it's the it's the it's the reality of what's happening. And it's uh, it is. And, yeah. You know, every every technician that you talk to or 
yeah, every technician you talk to within like a dealer sphere, you know, they have the same uh, common complaints. And I'm not talking about wages. Like they spend half their day doing paperwork. Yeah. Dealership, right. <laughs> like that, that's a reality. Yeah. And so, and you know, there's a lot of advantages that like you said, just push them out. Like, Hey, you know, I can make three to four X. Uh, I can decide whose machines I want to work on, you know, and I don't have to deal with uh, your TPS report. <laughs> all the BS I got to deal with every day. Right. Like it's these guys just want to yeah. fix machines. Like they, that's all they want to do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we also help them on the accounts receivable side, you know, so they don't have to, they invoice us, we invoice the customer and we pay very quickly. So we eliminate their need of, of having to chase month. So we want to solve on the, on the, to help on the, to build our supply side of technicians. We want to help with their two biggest problems, finding work and getting paid. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean. I, I think your your what you've built and what you're building is really going to enable a lot of technicians to make that transition easier for them, which I honestly view as better for the marketplace in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, so I know you started kind of in South Florida, I believe, and now I heard you mention, hey, we're in kind of the metro. I'm assuming you're in Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa, doing all those things. Yeah. Like, is is outside Florida? Like, is that is that on the radar, or is it like, hey, we're going to hone this in and really develop this first before we start really getting out there? It is. Um... You know, we want to be excellent in Florida first, but I, I have been uh, kind of building a wait list in other key areas right now, like Texas, for example. Uh, the Texas market is very similar to Florida. You know, there's, it's you know, all year round. It's, you know, a, a ton of machines in the market. So I've been just kind of gauging it, you know, interest of how many technicians can we get um, who will onboard in Dallas and in Houston. And I've been building that wait list. We haven't, you know, gone out into those markets yet. But, you know, I'm always trying to look forward to you know, look ahead to other markets so that when we're ready, like I said, the most important part to start with is having the technician. Once we have the technicians who want to utilize it, then we can go try to get the customers. And so we always got our eyes out in other uh, key markets. And then just it's a matter of, all right, let's press go. Well, the the one thing I can say we do have at Diesel is a lot of eyeballs from diesel technicians on all of our stuff. So anytime you need some help and want to like go to some other markets, just let me know. And we will we will definitely be uh, be willing to help you out to, to help grow in your business. So I love to, love to do that. All right, Alex, people want to want to find you, your app, your website. Where are they going? Uh, heave.co. And I know this kills me. It throws people off, but it's uh, H-E-A-V dot C-O. Uh, and the reason behind that is when we started the company, there's some guy who owns heave.com, hasn't used it in five years, but wanted me to pay him 50 grand for the domain <laughs> What a great business that is. But so it's a dot co. It throws everybody off. But um, you can go to heave.co. You can download the app right there. There's a, a barcode that you can scan uh, that'll take you to the app store and download the app. I also, I write some articles on, you know, through Medium that I post up there. And, and that's really all you. And I'm also pretty, I'm active on LinkedIn. You know, I put my email address up there so people can reach out to me there. Cool. You know, pretty accessible. Well, Alex, it's been great having you on the show. I always, I always love having these conversations now. And then I'm, I'm, I'm hoping things go great for you. And I'm hoping to get you back on the show like in a year, 18 months and be like, man, how, how have things changed? And it's amazing how fast things can change and you start putting time perspective in there. So thank you for coming on the show. 
Uh, industry opportunity. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. Always, always, again, I love talking to industry people. So this is this is all great. And an entrepreneur industry people. It's like you check them out of boxes. So uh, we'll, we'll end this episode for everyone. As we always say, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. Check out heave.co. I think you'll find out. It's a pretty slick thing they have going on. I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to be very popular in all the things they do as this thing catches fire. So thank you for watching, listening. Like, subscribe, share. We will catch you on the next episode.